Welcome to Church Online with the Lighthouse of Hope. I'm glad you're with us this morning or this evening, wherever you're watching. I'm Dustin Wharton, youth pastor and worship pastor. Um, I'll be bringing the word to you. Uh, Really excited. Uh, This is actually, hey, I got good news for you. This is the last time I'll ever have to do this to no one and laugh up my own jokes. In two weeks, I think it's October 11th, we're going to have service inside. Wherever you are, give God a hand clap of praise. Man, that's so exciting. I'm ready for the church to come back together to gather in His sanctuary, aren't you? Oh, let's just enter His courts with thanksgiving. Let's pray to the Lord and ask Him to have His way as I, I speak to you. You know, we've been talking about prayer a time for prayer has been the series, and man, God has been working on me f- f- for this for a long time, for a while now. Over the past six months or so, God's been working in my life uh, to pray, and I hope He has to you, and this has been a week of prayer and fasting, and I hope you're rejuvenated, ready for the Spirit to move, and ready for the Spirit to speak to you. So let me just pray real quick, and we'll open up to Isaiah 6. Jesus, would you have your way in me? Have your way in us, Lord. We're open. We're excited to have the church back together. Man, 10 a.m. October 11th is going to be so exciting, God. So, Lord, I pray that you would draw your hearts, draw the people's hearts right now, right here, as we open up your word and listen to you. A time for prayer. It's so needed. We need to seek your face. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody shouted, Amen. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't making that up. 10 a.m., it's really exciting. October 11th, we're going to have one service. Um, be sure to reserve your spot online. We'll have more details further. Uh, let's open up our Bibles to Isaiah 6, and we'll get right into the Word together. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 6. And this is an awesome story, you know, uh, talking about prayer. And I want to remind you who you're praying to. I don't want to insult your intelligence when you're listening to this. You know, I know the God, I know the Lord Almighty, Yahweh, the great I am, I know. But let's read um, for ourselves Isaiah the prophet. He writes of this situation where he experiences and encounters God in his holy temple. Let's read together. In the year that King Uzziah died, in verse 6, I saw the Lord high and exalted, Seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Oh my gosh. Above him were seraphim, like burning ones, like angels. Each with six wings. If they were here today in your room, we would probably be scared to death. They had six wings with two wings. Get the picture, the imagery here. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. These are angelic beings around the throne. And they were calling to one another, Holy, 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 set apart, other, not like us. We're covering our faces. We're, we're covering ourselves because of the holiness of the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Can you see it? Can you see it now? At the sound of their voices, not even the Lord Almighty, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. That's the God you got to pray to this week. That's the God that we're, we're fasting unto. Yeah, for ourselves because, oh, we need the spiritual nourishment more than we need real physical bread. But the Lord Almighty, 
almighty, all-powerful, the God who is in complete control, that's who you are praying to. Francis Chan says that before you pray, let's say you have a circumstance or a situation that needs to be dealt with, before you even talk to God, remind yourself of who He is. Take one minute and remind yourself of the greatness of your God. Take one minute and get that picture of Him seated on the throne. Take a second. It often even changes what you're about to pray about because you know He's in control and you know He has plans for good in your life. You know He's a, a perfect, good good father. Do you remember who you're praying to? Do you remember? Sometimes it's so easy to forget. But I'm going to go a step farther and let's look at Isaiah's response. And this is where we'll talk from in the context this this morning or or wherever. Isaiah's response in verse 5 Oh, I'm sorry, we are in Isaiah 6, verse 1. I just figured there's, there, it's 6 at the top, but <laughs> sorry. Now verse 5, so that's confusing. So we were in verse 1, and now we're in verse 5. All right, verse 5. Woe to me, Isaiah cried. I'm ruined. I would, probably, I would feel the same way, wouldn't you? I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. I want you to imagine this. Then one of the seraphim, one of the burning ones, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. That's representing Jesus. He is our atonement. Sunday is the, the atonement day, the day of atonement, the holiest day of the year representing Jesus and what he's done. The seraphim, the burning ones, they can't even touch it. They had to take it with tongs and they're burning. Take the coal and touch his lips. And his guilt was taken away and his sin atoned for. Praise be to God. Now we can approach the throne with boldness, not knowing that he doesn't count our sins against us. Thanks be to Jesus. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. I'm not really talking about physically sending, but I want to ask the question, Who will go for us? I want to camp out in in this place today. Who will go for us? Not, Not physically. You know, when I was a kid, when I read that verse in Isaiah, it was like, God, if you want to send me to Africa, I guess, I, I, I guess, send me there. That's not ideal, you know, but, and God, God, will, God will send, God sends people, but, but, but what about America, you know? What about the hell on our, our back porch, you know? When, when, when God says who will go for us, man, I, I think we need to start spiritually speaking and say, God, here, here am I, Lord. Here am I. Send me in the Spirit. I, I, I want to call you maybe think differently than you've ever heard this before, but spiritually speaking of intercession for our brothers and sisters. Spiritually speaking for who will stand in the gap for the believers. So last I checked, I've not seen Jesus physically on earth, but I see him through you 
and through me as the body of Christ. And there's no bystanders. Every part matters. Every part, every believer, every race, every tribe, every tongue, it matters. And we all play a part, spiritually speaking, and we all need to pray. Who will go there for us and contend for the faith of the believers? Who will go there for us and stand in the gap and intercede? There are no bystanders. Don't belittle your role of praying for your church. Don't belittle your role for praying for your family, praying for your parents, praying for your brother and your sister, praying for your pastor and your worship leader, praying for your teachers, and the list goes on and on and on. There is a world out there, young person, that needs you to pray. There is a spiritual battle going on where God is calling you to intercede, to stand in the gap where others don't know and share your faith. I want to pray one more time. Because I believe today is about not just motivating you in your prayer life. We've been discussing that, you know, for a few weeks now and it's so, so, been so awesome, so refreshing, but but I want you to have a refreshed vision on prayer. I want you not to just be motivated, but God, just renew our minds about prayer. Lord, we need you in the culture today. Lord, it's so fast-paced. It's so rushing, God, and we need your presence. We need to slow down. We need to carry each other's burdens, physically speaking, but also spiritually speaking in prayer. So let me pray one more time. God, Help us to see you. I want to break for others. When's the last time I broke for people that were dealing with heartache? That were dealing with situations where it just, man, they can't see God. I want to stand in the gap. God, call me up and call me out. Here am I. Send me. Lord, if you're seated on the throne right now, talking to your church, who will go for us? Look into the seraphim and the triune and the Holy Spirit and Jesus saying, who will go? I want to respond and say, here am I. Send me. Amen. So I was, you know, I, God, God speaks to me through some funny things like, uh, oh, it might not be funny, but like, have you thought about the essential jobs and the non-essential? I, I don't want to step on any toes, okay? So when COVID came out, you know, the global pandemic, um, there was this list that was released that essential jobs would stay in motion and non-essential, it's like, oh no, like I... I hope I'm like non-essential to society today. And, and I, I'm not here to say, I don't think you are, okay? But, but it's, kind of, it's kind of rude. It kind of sounds rude. Like people stake their whole life on like, you're non-essential. But I understand what we're doing, right? In, in, a, in a global uh, pandemic, global crisis, we're trying to keep everybody safe. And that's important to do. And I, was, and I was thinking about, you know, the essential and non-essential. And I was thinking about in the society of our life, my life and yours, about the essential and non-essential things, kind of. You know, uh, Netflix, is, is that like the essential? And No, I, I, want, I want you to take inventory, take a survey of your life. And when there's a crisis or an important moment or an important time, I think we have to decipher which is essential and which is, which is non-essential. 
because for the protection of the believers and contending for the faith of our brothers and sisters and even your own life and the society of your life, what is essential for you as a minister of the Lord? Think about that. I think one of those things that we often overlook is prayer. And how essential it is for us to pray. You see, we talk about essential and non-essential. Is uh, Working out is essential. That extra piece of cake may be a little non-essential. And the reality is, when hell's crashing at your door, most people turn and pray. But often we don't pray until we get to that point, and it's very unfortunate. But in times of crisis, and it could be if we ask the Lord, is it time to say, okay, the non-essential, I can a little, I can little bit put on hold for the sake of the essential. Some of us in our denominations and in our theology and in our reformation and all those types of things, we have these non-essential things that, would, that keep us secluded and isolated from other people where the essential thing is Jesus Christ and Him alone. And that's where we need to base our, our foundation upon, especially in times of crisis, especially when the hour has come for God to move and we're all singing about revival. Every person, if you look, we're all singing about revival. But we need to focus on the essential, that every knee will bow before the name of Jesus, that everyone confess, every tribe, every color and every race, we'll all stand together before the Lord and we'll all declare His name because He is the only essential name. Someone needs to lift up a shout of praise. He's the only one that is truly essential through the times of global crisis, through the times of your family crisis, through the times of individual crisis, and in every time, in the blessing and in the uh, death, in the highs and in the low. Church, let us focus on the essential today. Now, non-essential, I think you're back, and that's great. That's, that's great. I'm excited for you. But we need to pray. And prayer is essential, but prayer is not like a microwave. <laughs> I know for me, I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily speak for you. I, I like to stand in front of the microwave, wait for my Hot Pockets or pizza rolls. or I like to stand in the microwave, and Duke likes to stand in front and wait for our popcorn to get done. It might not even be healthy. I heard, I heard some, I don't know, don't stand in front of the, yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Studies may show us later. But it takes time. And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but prayer is so important, we need to slow down. It's not natural for our culture to slow down. When I was thinking about prayer, I, like I said, God speaks to me in funny ways, but I was thinking about don't break the sugar bowl. And, uh, you know, I, maybe you guys played it in school. Duke and uh, Chantel play it. Dakota's too young to play it. But Duke plays it and he likes it, but he likes to break the sugar bowl. <laughs> like, he gets real excited. We'll play, don't break the sugar bowl, Duke. You got to listen. Don't break the sugar bowl. And he'll just start laughing. He'll just start cracking up. But, you know, um, when we did it in school, it was most of the time so that we wouldn't be distracted. 
Hey, the teacher's talking. Um, we're going to play Don't Break the Sugar Bowl. And be quiet, not because I'm trying to control you or not because I'm trying to keep you from having fun. No, I want you to listen and I want you to learn. And prayer is often like that. You know, we're called to pray without ceasing, but we're also called to be intentional about listening to the voice of God and waiting, for that's where the Holy Spirit was poured out. Wait, Dustin, Wait. If you listen to me, you can probably tell I'm pretty high strung sometimes and I'm pretty motivated to go and to do and to do. And waiting isn't quite my, my cup of tea. Sitting there for the Lord isn't my cup of tea. I want to go and I want to do and I want to be successful. I'm the achiever, type three. I, I don't know about you. But I think even our culture today, it's so tough to sit. The words like wait. The words like don't hurry, slow down, be patient. It's not attractive to the one that wants to post a picture uh, with uh, limited connectivity, limited Wi-Fi. We, we want it all now. We want it so quick. We want the likes now. We want the followers now. We want the platform now. And the Lord says to us to wait, to slow down. Prayer is essential, and prayer is a lot about waiting. It is. Waiting on the Lord. God has a plan. Are we out ahead? Are we too fast-paced? Did you know the Lord wasn't in a hurry? He's not in a hurry. Jesus walked everywhere He went, and He didn't start His public ministry, apparently, until He was 30 years old. And most of us get worked up by like 16 if we feel like God's not using us. Jesus was not in a hurry. He walked everywhere he went. Walked. Doesn't say, and then Jesus walked to Capernaum. Or I mean, Jesus sprinted to Capernaum because he was late. Mm -mm. Jesus walked. Jesus was open to interruption. Are you? Am I? I need to pray. What is essential? Maybe it's fasting too. Man, we, we, just, we just consume and we just comfort ourselves with food and everything else. And <laughs> I like to comfort myself with, with food and cereal and Cheerios. And <laughs> but maybe it's important right now in this time, in this hour, to stop and listen. You know, I was, I was thinking about this, you know, what makes all the difference and if you you know there's some people that I look up to as pastors extremely eloquent you know Pastor Tim uh, yeah I look up to him as a leader a lot in my life uh, you know there's people that you watch online Stephen Furtick and T.D. Jakes and everyone has negative things to say but I I really think highly of them and I'm extremely impressed with the way that they preach and everything it's amazing you know and and as I as I preach I, I want to raise myself up to a higher standard. You know, I want to represent God well. I want all these types of things. But I was thinking even in, in the context of this message, and you know, we're going to have a presidential debate and we're going to argue and different things like that. Who can, who can talk the best, basically, is what it's come down to. It's very unfortunate. But I don't want us as a church to come down to this. Like, like, do you think we're going to out-talk the world? Do you think we'll have enough eloquence, enough smoothness to our vocabulary that the world will turn to Jesus? Maybe. 
Maybe not. Probably not. You know, it's never worked like that on a substantial level. Uh, Great revivals never came from an eloquent preacher. No, it, it came from the anointing and the presence of the Lord. The only thing, church, is the anointing. The only differentiating factor is the Spirit of the living God. The hand of God upon a man. Listen, church. Upon a family. Upon a church. His presence in His house when two or three are gathered in His name. The Spirit, church. We need to usher in His presence. What will make the difference? It's His Spirit. And it's when God's people pray we need to pray. Because we need Him more than ever. We need Him more than our next breath no one else nowhere else will do Lord without you we're just a social club without you we're just a school of education oh it can be valuable but only for a little while with you Emmanuel eternal things happen Lord with you we need to pray because without him guys we're just like everybody else but with him eternal things happen Eternal things can happen in your life today because the miracle-working, wonder-working, powerful, all-powerful God is in your life. He's in your life. Are we too preoccupied? I don't want to be. How do you fight your battles today? Is it physical? How do you do that? Are you, are you winning? Fighting your battles? I, I think most of us, I I speak for myself, I fight my battle, unfortunately, by worrying and control. I want to be in control, and if I'm not in control, I worry until I am in control. But God says, do not worry, and He says that He's in control. And that's where we need to stand as a church. Do not worry, and He's in control. The Bible tells me to be still and know that He is God. How do you fight your battles today? Is it physically? It's not, it's not going to work like that. Yeah, we have to be intentional about disciplining ourselves for the things of God, but at the same time, the battle is the Lord's. It's His and it belongs to Him. In Ephesians, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. How do you do it? God, put it on me. You pray. You pray. You sit and you wait. I meditate. I contemplate on the Lord. I put on the full armor. Why? So that you can take your stands. This is Ephesians 6 verse 10. Against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, our wrestling, our battle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Guys, stop fighting each other. Let's stop trying to be right all the time. The battle belongs to the Lord. Let us put on the full armor and seek the Lord. Help us to see clear with fresh vision and fresh lens. It says put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And it talks about all the the, uh, warfare armory that we need to put on. And then it says in verse 16 of Ephesians, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword 
of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is the rhema. It's actually the active voice. Pastor Tim talks about living under the voice. That's actually what he's talking about. The sword of the Spirit is our offense against the enemy. It's living under the voice of the Lord, continually being opened and yielded uh, to what he wants to say and what he wants to speak to us. That's where we're called to be. Take the sword of the Spirit. That's your offense, which is the Word of God. And pray, verse 18, in the Spirit on all occasions... And all kinds, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all God's people. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's, friend. Someone needs to to know. Someone needs to know that the battle is the Lord's. Your life, you've been wrestling you spent many sleepless nights with your pillow wet and crying tears. And to be still and know can be the farthest thing. And to say it is well with my soul can be the farthest thing for you. But the Lord wants to show you today. There's this awesome story. It says, I, I pray that open their eyes so that they can see And they see the angel armies all around fighting for me. I pray that you can see that today, brothers and sisters. I pray as you say, God, how can I say, here am I and contend for the faith? I pray that you see angels around you. I pray that you see the Holy One of Israel right there with you, right there before you and beside you. Be still and know that the battle belongs to the Lord. He is God and He's still seated on the throne. You say, Dustin, this is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> I, well, thanks. I, I hope it is. I hope it is amazing. So, so all this, why, why don't we pray that much? Why don't we? You know, most of us, I'm, I'm not grouping you in. If the shoe doesn't fit, don't ever wear it. These things that I say. But most of us are too quick, too fast. We, we read our version, do our highlights, complete our plans and all these types of things. But we don't sit and we don't pray. Why? Well, let's open up our Bibles or your phone to Matthew 26. And there's this story that I think will uh, illuminate this point a little farther, asking the question, you know, why don't we pray? Matthew 26 and verse uh, 36. This is a huge climactic moment in Jesus' life, the Garden of Gethsemane, the oil press. And we all know this, we read the scriptures and we turn the pages and we know that the cross is before Jesus just on the next page. We know the resurrection's on the page after that and then we know in Acts the Spirit is poured out on the page after that. But these disciples are in this specific position in the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus says, sit here while I go over there and pray. And just a side note, if Jesus has to pray, we must pray. Okay, He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Have you ever been there? Verse 38, Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Keep watch with me. 
Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And I mean, that's a little bit of my issue with a a lot of prosperity preachers. Like, you know, uh, it wasn't necessarily like Jesus just, yeah, I'm just going to the cross because God wants good things for my life. And yeah, he's, he's for you. And yeah, all things work together for those. We know that verse and we can quote it and all those types of things. But Jesus had a cross before him. And he's praying if there be any other way, let it be. If there be any other way for the future sons and daughters and Gentiles and Jews and Greeks and all those alike to know me, to have a relationship with you, God, let it be that way. But there, let me, there isn't. The cross was the only way. Jesus says, take up your cross, right? Right? For, even for us, you know. My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken, yet not as I will, but as you will. You say, I pray like that all the time. That's great. For you that prays like that all the time, that's great. But then he turned to his disciples, and this is me, and found them sleeping. We think we're the Jesus prayer, but often we're the sleepers. Couldn't you men watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, 41, he said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. This is important. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time. Jesus prayed again, persistence. And prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found me sleeping. Doesn't say me, but I mean, it's, it's, this is speaking to me. Is this speaking to you? Because their eyes were heavy. Their eyes were heavy. They were tired, Jesus. And he doesn't condemn them. He just lets them. That's, ah, He just lets them like the grace of God. And he's in this moment right here, right now. And he says, he leaves. So he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. And the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And we know the end of the story and it's bad and then it's good and all those things, and we have salvation. But why don't we pray? I think number one is, we don't know how powerful it is. You know the Bible? Do you know the Bible says in Revelation 5.8, it says that God keeps all the prayers of the saints in bowls as incense. I mean, He keeps your prayers in bowls. That's what He thinks of them. And then in another scripture, Jesus says that my house shall be called, right? We talk about it. My house shall be called a house of prayer. How powerful is prayer that God wants to make his home essentially built, there it is, essentially built on prayer. We get to pray to the Lord Almighty. And in Matthew 16, he says, Upon this rock, the faith in Jesus, Peter's response, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you, in verse 19 of Matthew 16, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound, uh, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
Isn't that incredible? The power of your prayer. And number two, why don't we often pray? We don't realize the significance of the time we're living in. The disciples were ignorant of the specific time that they were living in. Jesus says the hour has come. Do you think if they knew that their Savior was going to the cross within uh, 24 hours or so, that they would have been maybe awake and praying and getting ready for the war? Ultimately, Jesus tells Peter to put the sword away, but he doesn't tell him to put the praying away. Watch with me and pray. The hour has come. What about you? What time is it in your life? Maybe America. What time in the church? What time is it? We had an awesome man go to be with Jesus. Awesome man, Gary Childs. And if you would ask him, I'm sure that he would say, man, life is a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And I am in the glory of the Lord right now. Listen, every decision that you make apart from Jesus, every decision looking to Him and turning is not worth it. It's not worth it to even talk about the things we're now ashamed of. Every decision on the other end that you make for Christ, I'm sure He would say, it is worth it every single time. Gary, we love you. We bless you if you're able to listen to this or whatever. I sure it's not even necessary. Be with Jesus, man. Uh, we love you. We bless the family. And we thank you, Gary, for your ministry. Even not necessarily a platform ministry, but a ministry sitting right there to everyone around. A ministry of love and comfort and of warmth. Praise be to God for people like Gary. This church is built upon people like you, brother. <sighs> Bless his family, Lord. Be with them in this tough time. And then number three, why don't we pray? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Many of us, like you, I'm sure, we want to pray. We want to be close to God. We want to listen to His voice. We want to intercede for our brothers and sisters. But what our flesh, which desires what's contrary to the Spirit, is weak. And we need Him. We need to seek Him. We need to receive His Spirit and His presence and ask the Lord to rejuvenate us, rejuvenate us so that we can be love, so that we can be life and we can be peace and we can be patient and we can be all those things, the fruit of the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to pray because the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Help us to be persistent like You, Jesus. Go in the first time. Go in the second time. Go in the third time. Maybe you feel like the mountain's never going to move for you. Maybe you feel like a special case. I want to challenge you as we've talked about, Devin and Pastor Tim have talked about the story with the axe of cutting down the tree. It's persistence. You may never know when it falls, but listen, wait for the Lord. Trust in Him. Be still and know that He is God and He is working and He is constantly at work, Scripture tells us, at the Father's right hand. And believe that. Don't stop praying, brother. Don't stop praying, sister. Seek the Lord for your breakthrough. It will happen in Jesus' name. Which leads me to my, my closing. And we can, Tucker, go ahead. 
My closing is this. I, I want to just encourage you with this. What you need to know about prayer. My final things. You good? <laughs> what you need to know about prayer is, is that prayer is hard. I, I understand the easy side of things, and you know, it's a kid can pray. The rich can pray, the poor can pray, the depressed can pray, the happy can pray, the joyful can pray. I understand that. God has made it easy, an easy way into his presence. He, he has. But to sit and to wait for the Lord, to intercede for your brothers and your sisters, to actually sit and don't break the sugar bowl, to wait is extremely hard. I don't want you to be discouraged when you go and pray and it almost feels anticlimactic, like you're excited about prayer and then you go to pray and all you think about are like uh, Debbie cakes or something, like your mind just goes off. Prayer is, is not easy because it's so important and the enemy will fight you, your flesh will fight you, but not just that, our own culture will fight us, our phones will fight us, all these types of things. Prayer is hard, but I want to encourage you with that. Because, because it's important to push through most of the things that are good for us, we often don't, don't want to do. And so take time and, and say, you know, I know this isn't going to be the easiest thing, but God, I know that it's the essential thing for me in my life right now is to develop a prayer life, young and old, 10 years old, 6 years old, 8 years old, 85 years old. Listen, we, we have reaped a harvest that we never labored for, we never worked for. There are some old people in the Lighthouse of Hope and in our community that have prayed for years and years, and now we're seeing the fruit of that prayer. Son, this generation, we need to pray. We need to pray for our harvest. We need to pray for our sons and daughters' harvest. We need to labor. We need to soul travail. We need to seek the Lord for such a time as this. Guys, we are rewarded by the, the labors and I thank you older people by the Gary Childs by the Ken McDowell's by my dad by Pastor Tim Tim Skiles all these people Mark Rose we are reaping the benefits but we are called to pray for our generation we are called to seek the Lord for ours and the next one prayer is not easy because you don't always see you don't even see progress a lot of times. A lot of us, we want, it's like, like working out, like, oh, I don't see a progress today. Well, you're not. You're going to see, think about this, you're going to see in about six months what you did today. Now, I don't know the exact thing. I'm just messing. And, and the same way with prayer. And then you're going to see, like, let's say working out you're going to see in six months maybe, or a month or so, what you didn't do and you, you ate the extra piece of cake and all this type of thing. You'll see that later. You won't necessarily see that. You might still have abs today. It's the same way with prayer. Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due time you'll reap a harvest. In due time, in God's timing when the hour is right. But today, Let's focus on the Lord today because then what will your life look like in six months? What will your life look like seven years, in 30 years? When you give God today, even though it's hard, even though you're a new Christian, even though hell is breaking on your life and on your family, 
what you do today. Watch and see what God does in the future. Lord, we trust you. So praying is hard. Number two, what you need to know about prayer is when you pray, pray in the name of Jesus. This is the amazing opportunity we have with Jesus because he's given us his spirit. He died on the cross so that we can have intimacy with him. When you come to God in prayer in his name, God is as faithful to your prayer as he is to Jesus. Come on. God is as faithful to your prayer, which you're about to pray, as he is his only begotten son that he loves so deeply. He's so faithful. He's so faithful to you. Ask anything and it will be given. How? In the name of Jesus. Uh, wherever you are, would you bow your head unless you're driving, listening to this. Keep your eyes on the road, 10 and 2. Wherever you might be right now. I talked a lot about prayer today. Maybe you didn't get anything. I hope you did. But I want you to know that you're not doing this alone. You know what the Bible says? The Bible actually says that Jesus prays for you. And Jesus is interceding for you at the Father's right hand even now. He's praying for you. Isn't that amazing? That's the grace of God. So that when He asks who will go for us, He also has the grace and the empowerment to impart something in you to give you the strength to respond. Here am I, send me. And then when you go there in the Spirit, what I'm talking about spiritually speaking in prayer, He comes and He's with you. And He supports you and He lifts you up. He lifts you up. Jesus lifts you up. So who will go for us? Bow your head. And I want you to maybe open up your hands. Open up your heart. If you're in your living room, maybe just stand up and just start praying. Just start worshiping. Here am I, Lord, send me. Maybe you thought your time was done. Maybe you're t- you used to be in ministry. And maybe you've been in, in just such a dead place with nothing that you touch prospering. And God wants to lift your head today. God wants to lift your hands today. God wants to to impart spiritual things in your life. I look out and I see a sea of dry bones. Who can do anything with them? The wonder-working God can do something with them. He can bring life to dead things. That's what He does. And He's praying for you right now, brother. He's praying for you, sister, wherever you might be. Say, here am I, Lord. All I have, maybe I've, I've destroyed your inheritance. Here I am. The Father comes. He's with you. Send me in prayer. Start with me spiritually speaking. Start with the seed deeply planted, Lord God. I don't want platform. I don't want publicity. For you won't share your glory with another anyways. God, help us to see you. You ask us as a church together, this question and individually. Who will go for us? And we respond, here am I. Send me. Bless my brothers and sisters today. Give them strength and encouragement and motivation. Jesus, to seek you. It is such an important time right now not only for us as individuals and us as a church, but also as America and our country, our free country. May we seek the Lord. May we pray. May we intercede. Lord, may we see a great awakening 
and a wonderful, miraculous revival before you return. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Bless you.